Hello, welcome to another episode of Neighbours, where we recap Neighbours, the week just gone. I'm Vaya. And I'm CJ. And I'm a little bit disturbed because we're coming to you from the PirateNet studios and I didn't realise how trashed the PirateNet studios I know. were. And we've only got a limited time. I know. There's, and the on-air sign doesn't even work. Yeah. I didn't realise. And, and very soon this booth's going to be a bar. So we'll have to bring in some sponsor messages this week to help mm. um, us stay on. Get us above the line. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, um, big things afoot finally. Last week, we just focused on the one punch. Mm. There was a bit more going on. Coward punch. Yeah. There was more going on this week. And we will get to Carl and Susan's big 20-year anniversary Mm. episode, which is coming up at the end of the week. And CJ, thank you. I appreciate you've written a list of um, Carl and Susan's memories. I have. To help us through. (laughs) There's some beauties on there. Yeah. So we start the week with Naomi realizing she still loves Toadie. Yeah. And she can't work for him anymore. No. He's too intoxicating. (laughs) And she quits. She quits the job as the legal secretary. And let's just keep in mind that the reason she realizes that she's totally in love with him Mm -hmm. is because he wants to take a court case for the one punch hit and he's passionate. Yeah. She was just like, oh, he's so passionate. And I'm like, oh, is he? Because he took a week to decide to do it. And he still doesn't even really want to do it that much. Yeah. And he's really, like, he's not that passionate about anything other than wrestling, really. And I really miss that. <laughs> I know. Let's that let's have that come back. <laughs> but anyway, so she was just decided, she decided that she just couldn't cope anymore. No. So she was done. And conveniently, Colette Nan, her mum, has booked her a flight to Hawaii. Yeah. Now... FYI, you need 24 hours notice to go to America. They need to check that you're not a terrorist. Sure. But apparently it doesn't happen here. No, Colette and Anne pulled a few strings down at Flight Centre <laughs> and she's got her on a plane that night. Yeah. Didn't even check that she had no plans the next day. Like, no. She could have had stuff on. She's well, she a busy does. lady. She's got Kyle's wedding. Exactly. That's the thing. Kyle's wedding is in a week. Yeah. But they've shipped the auntie onto a plane Yeah, that just because she can't control her uterus and its feelings. <laughs> And then, of course, in true Ramsey Street style, there's a taxi that arrives to take to take that person to the airport yeah. within hours of them deciding to fly away. Yeah, I feel like the, the airport must be a long way away because no one drives anyone to the airport. No. no. She didn't even have to go buy travel adapters or toiletries for the plane. <laughs> no, like DVT socks. No. <laughs> well, I guess you can get them at the airport. Well, yeah, maybe she's going to have to pay a lot and she doesn't have a job. It's, it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, at least she's got some fabulous outfits. My question, CJ, though, is have, have they written her out? Is she coming back? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. It didn't feel like she was coming back. I actually feel like she's going to fall in love because that's what Naomi does. Yep. With someone in Hawaii. Yep. And then we'll never see her again. Off Naomi goes and we have... Okay, so we have Dakota, mm. this this villain, this cartoon villain mm-hmm. who's come in from... I'm surprised she's not Russian, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. She should be. So she's like from Brazil via the UK or vice versa. Yeah. And she's trying to scam Paul into buying her a bar and then she's going to funnel some kind of nefarious activity through it. Through the bar. Which I feel like if you work for a South American bank who are involved with a cartel... No one's going to figure out that the bar in, in Aaronsborough is the place you're putting money through. But the Australian Federal Police are right on things at Ramsey Street, so who knows? Yeah, and here's the thing. I just, I feel like I don't think we need all of these exposition phone calls that Dakota is making mm-hmm. to her drug boss or whatever he is in South America. Yeah. Every time she does anything, she gets on the phone to Carlos and says, this is what I'm going to do. 
So I feel like I would have appreciated this story more if they hadn't had all of those phone calls and we yeah. just thought she was this kooky lady that liked Paul. Yeah, and that's we, true. Really. And if we if we were thinking, oh, what's going on? This can't be right. People don't just like Paul. Yeah. Um, but no, we know for sure that she's shunky. So we already know it's dodgy and we already know that um, Brennan is investigating her. Yeah. So Dakota has been staying at Lassiter's with a an amazing view in her room, which I liked. I'm like, what's her, did she get a lake view room? Remember she also mentioned that was, there was sights she wanted to see. And I'm like, what is the sights yeah. in Erinsborough? Like, is she going to go to the university up the road? Like, what's the sights? I don't, I don't get it. West Waratah. Go and look at the Dingo's Gym, which is probably closed down now. So she probably saw all the sights in half mm. a morning. Yeah, she probably see them from her room. <laughs> and then she decides that they want to go bar scouting. So I've got to find a new site for my bar. And then Paul takes her into our space, Pirate Net Studios. Yeah, we weren't there. No. no. And she's it's completely trashed. And she just takes one look around and says, this is perfect. <laughs> this is where I'm going to have my bar. Yeah, it's basically a room full of garbage. And she's like, yes, this is it. So... Brennan is getting suspicious of Dakota and jumps onto our favourite investigative tool, and that is the search engine. The search engine. And he looks up this bank that she worked for, right? It was a bank. Yeah. Yeah. And just immediately, shonky stuff appears on the search engine. It's great to know that anyone can be a detective. You just have to have a good internet connection. Yeah, you do. And for Detective Brennan, oh, sorry, Mechanic Brennan. Yeah. (laughs) um, For him, all you've got to have is just this intuition that he can just follow. Like, he immediately says... You know, oh, there's a lady who's in a lady in her early 40s would like to hook up with me. She must be part of a cartel. Yes. To be honest, there's not a woman that comes to Ramsey Street that doesn't hit on him. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) So they must all be part of something shonky. It's the Paul factor that's got him. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be true. I mean, Paul left her. How bad must she be? (laughs) So Dakota reveals she has this shoebox of money of $100 notes. Oh, my God. She worked for a bank. Let's just put that out there. Why isn't it in an account? The PayPass card. Because we have to know she's a villain and we only know that by looking at her shoebox of cash. That's true. And then she hires Daniel to be her bartender. Yeah, because he's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, And this is exemplified by just a great moment, the free hug storyline. Oh, my gosh. On Monday. So Imogen is sitting in the cafe Mm -hmm. studying for her exams. Yeah. And then Daniel pops in. And says, Amber's studying, so I'm going to hang out with you. And then they notice Sonia. And of she's like, throw my exams in. I love you. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> they notice that Sonia's a bit sad because the council's going to cut the revegetation program. All right. So let, let's work on what this is. Do you think yeah. it was planting trees? Well, apparently it was. So the tornado trashed oh, everything. Yeah. And so the council was going to fix the nursery and the surrounding gardens. So, but didn't Sonia say it was part of his election? Is this like his re-election campaign? Well, I think... Did I have a micro-sleep? Well, no, remember how all the journalists were following him around the nursery? (laughs) I think part of that was him saying, I'm going to fix all of the local flora. Yeah, and it had the wombat and stuff. And for some reason, the the youth of Erinsborough are passionate about vegetation. 
Yeah. I feel like it could be called a green program and people would be more involved. But sure. Okay. All right. Be vegetation. It, to me, it felt like somebody was going to start planting like um, wheat fields in Aaronsboro. <laughs> well, is Paul a Greens candidate? Because that doesn't seem likely. Yeah, that's true. He feels like he's definitely a liberal. Mm. But anyway. But he's... Oh, actually, you know what he is? He's the kind of candidate that was once in the Liberal Party. Yeah. But is now not even welcome there. He's just... He's there, so he's an independent. Yeah, he's an independent, but a shonky one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Daniel drags Imogen out of the cafe, leaves all her stuff behind, like all her books and her wallet and everything just on the table. Yeah, but it's it's Aaron's right. You can do that. No one's going to steal it. Sonia's keeping an eye on it. Yeah, and she's not had a drink recently. So Yeah. (laughs) And so he confronts Paul about, what are you doing to put the plants? And Paul says he's going to put up security cameras because of all the violence that's happening in the area. things happen really quickly in Aaron's bar. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, there was some violence in Melbourne, was it two years ago? And they just put the cameras up in um, in Brunswick now. Yeah. So, but like in Aaronsborough, there's a there's a tornado and violence. And I feel like, why not bring up the fact that his niece was killed? We could put cameras up where that happened. Yeah, no, that wasn't enough to tip him over no, the edge. No, but um, whatever whatever the, the one punch hit was. Yeah. Um, And I thought, you know what? I thought it was a really good way of telling us there's no video footage. Oh, that's great. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and I thought it was a really great way of – because clearly Josh did not do it. (laughs) I'm still on it. (laughs) Still on it. But, yeah, so apparently that wasn't enough, and now they're going to put up cameras. And Daniel's solution to protest this decision is a free hugs campaign. Yeah, and the way he said it, he was like – Imogen was talking about – you know, we could go for torts law, um, you know, maybe have a commission. I don't know. She used lots of legal words. Yeah, we can find some some precedents and work out how to dispute this. Yeah, and then I think she was talking about privacy with the cameras and things yeah. like that. Apparently there's lots of civil libertarians oh, yeah. in, in Ramsey Street. And Daniel just goes, oh, that sounds complicated. <laughs> I loved it. I think that's my favourite line of the week. <laughs> and then he pops his little little bright head up and his eyes pop out and he says, I've got it. And he runs away and he comes back with his campaign. He has made posters and flyers in like eight minutes. Yeah. And I've got to say, though, they were pretty good. Um, They were great. Can Officeworks do that? No, because I noticed that the big big thing was a canvas and he painted that. Wow. Well, he's got skills. He's got skills. I mean, maybe he's a master marketer. He just doesn't want to use any of them. (laughs) And so then... For the rest of the episode, Imogen and Daniel go around hugging strangers. Mm. Like, well, more Daniel. More da- <laughs> Imogen's a little bit closed off on the idea. It was. Really, she just wants Daniel to hug her. It was really weird and awkward. And, and then, then when he hugs a little kid. When the mum and the little girl. Mm. And she looks at him and I felt like it was meant to be a look like I could have children with him. Yeah. And I'm like, hang about, girl. You're just studying for your v- VCA exams. Maybe you could stop thinking about having children with the random blonde kid in the cafe. Yeah, you're judging Amber for wanting to throw her life away and yeah. you're ready to do the same thing she in a heartbeat. Is, which is really upsetting. It's like, sit down, you've got legal studies sorted, just mm-hmm. get English and maths out of the way and yeah, you'll be right. Yeah, she's probably got a subject she's not good at. Yeah. Like, she's probably doing, like, human movement or something, which would be really <laughs> hard for Imogen. Well, she's probably got human movement sorted now with Daniel and his free hugs. That's probably true. Oh, so half a day goes by and everyone's getting hugged and then the plan works. Did you understand Paul's logic with how the free hugs worked? Cause he no. Because he just came back and said the locals are revolting and they don't want the no cameras. No one wants cameras. They like your hugs. They like your hugs. I felt like there should have been a petition, maybe a council meeting. Mm. And I feel like, you know, Paul can't actually make these decisions as mayor. No. Like I feel like there's a board 
and a budget meeting and things like that. But apparently he can just make them. You know, why doesn't Paul just pay for the cameras? I feel like maybe that's how he got them across the line. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what he did. But anyway, so, so their brilliant campaign worked. Somehow free hugs worked. Yeah, and Colette Nan got a nice hug. <gasps> okay, that was that was hilarious. Yeah, she was she was like she was making lots of noises throughout the It was hug. a very long, very noisy hug, mm-hmm. and that prompted her to then go home and spend her life savings on a ticket to Hawaii for a daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go into Tuesday, and there we're finally talking about the engagement. Matt and Lauren have taken a week. And then have decided, oh, guess what? Our teenage daughter wants to get engaged. Yeah. Maybe let's do something about that. Who are they to really talk lecture about marriage right now? And I love how they they get about four seconds into asking about their plans. Like, oh, we want to talk about your engagement. And Daniel says, well, we've picked a date. And then Lauren loses it. And just yeah, goes, you're not like, getting married. And Amber was like, I can't believe this. What are you going to do, Bannis, from getting married? Well, her idiot dad says, when you live under my roof, you play yeah. by my rules and we know what a teenager's answer to that is see you later pop pops yeah but has he not watched at any television ever no does, apparently not does he no, not, he's always I'm, on night shift you don't give your teenager an ultimatum that they can follow through with no no and so daniel and amber decide they're gonna follow through with that and to create a new home yeah well amber says cool we'll just live in paul's penthouse and, and she shows up with her suitcase and Paul's like, well, thanks for asking me yeah. before you just show up. Which is fair enough. How yeah. expensive is that penthouse suite? There's not even a full kitchen. No. There's just that bar. So she's going to be ordering room service all the time, <sighs> making a mess. No, I think he was totally fair in throwing them out. Yeah. And I'm really proud of Paul for being like a, a good adult. So then... So Amber runs off like an idiot. And they set up camp. Mm-hmm. Where are they, by the way? I don't know. I feel like they're somewhere near the, the lake and yeah. the rotunda and all that. They're, they're near the lake. They've set up camp in Daniel's station wagon. Mm-hmm. They've put up some bunting. Yep. I feel like that's the first step in creating a home. <laughs> he put together that bunting about as quickly as it took him to put together the pamphlets for the free hugs. That's true. He's very artistic. He's very artistic. And he's got, got um, probably Paul's got an account at Office Works. He's got some untapped talents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. The... um. Villain's going to tap them. Yeah. Yeah. So they've put up their hippie paraphernalia and they put some blankets in the back of his car and that's their new home. Yeah. So I noticed that Daniel had hung up his Lassiter's outfit, like, you know, on the little verandery bunting thing <laughs> they've made, right? And the first thing I thought was he's going to smell a lot. Oh, oh, I already think he smells a lot. He now probably it, does. Now he's probably like, like apparently Brad, Brad Pitt smells a lot. Okay. Um, and like people just put up with it because of the way he looks. And right. I feel like that might be a Daniel situation. Yeah. Not that he looks like Brad Pitt, but you know. No, I think I think him smelling is the status quo. Yeah, because are they going to wash in the pond? But here's the thing, right? So they're camping on the lawn in the boyfriend's car. Why doesn't Paul, who is the mayor, tell them they need a permit to, to live on council land? Yeah. And they're setting fires, bonfires and stuff to keep warm. They should, you know what they should do? They should head over to Summer Bay and get a caravan. That's, see, that's what, that's what this town is missing. If you really want a business proposition, put yeah. in a caravan park. Plus, Daniel has a job. Yeah. Why can't he rent something? Go on, even Airbnb. Yeah. Go and rent a room for a couple of weeks till you sort yourself out. Yeah. You don't have to live in your uncle's penthouse suite. Or, or your, your car outside in the yard. I mean, to be honest, it looks like the parent, Pirate Net Studios doors are just open. <laughs> so they could just bunk in there or the men's house, wherever that is. The man, shed, man cave. Yeah, yeah, we never see that anymore. No, only when things... We saw it a few weeks ago with Lauren and um, the birthday cake, I think. 
What happened? Um, Lauren took birthday cake for Brad in there with Paige and they had a family moment. Oh, that's a weird place to have that. I think it was a weird place. <laughs> so they're a train wreck and that's great. Also, Lou is forcing Carl to write the, the book. Yes. Yeah. So, and Carl's really run off his feet with it because he's doing lots of shifts at the hospital and then he has to write chapters every night. And then, yeah, and Lou for some reason is acting like he's a publisher now, an editor, and Carl's got all these deadlines he yeah. has to fulfill. And they're really like stringent deadlines. They're like inappropriate deadlines, yeah. a chapter a night. It's ridiculous. It's it's not even NaNoWriMo. No. <laughs> Maybe they should do that. They should do NaNoWriMo <laughs> and knock yeah. it over. So Lou keeps putting off working on this book. So he's got Bailey to set up his website, and within the moment Bailey posts the E.M. Williams author website, mm-hmm. he's he's inundated with posts on the website with people wanting relationship advice yeah like as soon as the website goes live yeah. people are on it like google takes 24 hours to index something yeah this yeah. podcast doesn't even appear on itunes as soon as i post it like yeah t- things take time but you know what bailey's a genius yeah he's so. he's hacked in so also this is the day where detective mechanic oh, amps up yeah. his his little stalking of dakota mm-hmm. and calls in the afp yeah apparently he's got a direct line and, to the to the hottest member of the afp Force as and, well. and he's not watching the news. He doesn't know that the AFP are run off their feet at the moment. Yeah, like national doing security terrorist raids every morning, basically. <laughs> but they'll stop. Maybe Brennan told them that she could have terrorist connections, and that's why this this AFP officers just hightailed it down to the to the waterhole yeah, to chat about it. Yeah, they got the team ready. And what did she find? She like I think the line was straight away. I put her name into the system, and all these things started coming up. Like, and she was just willing to tell Brennan anything. Is basically, this, this is all it takes to be a federal officer. You've just got to Google people. Yeah, we could do it. Yeah, we could do it at the Pirate Net Studios. <laughs> and then she sort of offers Brennan a job undercover and to go in and get information about this woman by hooking up with her, basically. So she doesn't put any of her existing officers on the case? No. Apparently he's the only attractive guy with these kind of skills. This, this mechanic who's chatted to her about it after Googling this woman, he's the one that's going to go undercover. Yeah. It's just very unsuspenseful for me because we know she's dodgy. Yeah. We know he's investigating her yeah. and we know Paul's being taken for a ride. So what is there to keep us in suspense? And why is Paul continuing? Like, I know that Paul is, you know, is shonky, but like, I feel like he's smart. Like, he yeah, knows he's that she's got no interest. He's not an idiot. Yeah, he's not an idiot. Does he really feel bad at whatever he doesn't remember doing to this woman? No. I mean, Paul's got more to feel bad about. But I guess it's been a while since he's had any action, so he's just rolling. That's with it. true, and he was trying the online dating for a while. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like he got some, he got some yeah. in that period. <laughs> so I've just got a lot of problems. I can't wait to see the back of this woman, and yeah. I can't wait for them to get out of our studio and just yeah. leave us be and stop trying to make a bar. Like there's plumbing that needs to be done. It's not going to be that quick, but I guarantee in Ramsey Street that is going to be a bar by next Friday. Yes, yeah. which means we need to get on it and uh, take some words from our sponsors. Yep. We'll take a break and listen to some sponsorship announcements and then we'll resume. The Waterhole is a destination for the whole family. Friendly staff, delicious chef-prepared nachos and fun for everyone with our dartboard, multi-generational speed dating nights and medically certified houseband the right prescription. Want to blend into the background? Enjoy a mimed conversation in our vertical garden courtyard. Book now for your next event, and there probably won't be an explosion, but just in case, we reserve the right to retain your deposit. The Waterhole. It's not a hole anymore. 
It's great. We've paid some bills. Yeah, it's great to have local businesses. Yeah. yeah. We're halfway through the week and Chris is up and about. He's making gigantic leaps every day, Chris, but he can't remember how to talk. He doesn't know what any words are. So he's in the hospital and he desperately wants to know what happened to him. And eventually they tell him. And then he says, I want Josh to come and see me to talk about it. And then Josh comes in and he's all like, you know. Josh is broken. Yeah, he'll do what anyone says. He stopped raising money though. Yeah, well, he he sold his medals. <laughs> he raised a couple of hundred bucks and went, that should cover the hospital bill. <laughs> and I was thinking about the fact that Chris was in hospital after um, the shooting. And I thought, I really hope he has health insurance because he's been there twice this year. He's keeping that hospital open. Yeah. And anyway, so Josh comes past and Chris is oh, he's pretty cold to him. And Nate's sitting there. and Yeah, he just sits there boiling over quietly. Yeah. By the way, Chris's parents are stuck in Greece because There's of a strike. A strike in the airports, which is okay, fair enough. That's that does happen. In are Greece, there, are there not countries right next door to Greece? You're right. Get on Ryanair or something. Get over to London and get a different connecting yeah, flight. I feel like there's like I feel like you could walk maybe. Is that possible? Well, they could get the ferry to Turkey or something. There we go. And I mean there's probably well, there's a protest problem. there too, but still Colette Nan has already gone to flight center and booked a flight for her daughter to Hawaii for that same day. She can't pull some strings to get yeah. this injured boy's parents to fly in from Greece. And then she suggests, or oh, maybe it's a good thing because maybe he'll recover by the time they get back. Okay. I mean, really? You don't think the support of his parents might be handy in that? A Greek mother would get a paddle boat and paddle here (laughs) if she knew her son was in danger. Maybe they're not really telling them. Um, Go to the Greek island. Sheila just couldn't operate her mobile phone and gave up. Yeah. It's probably, you know, when you get a text message from an older person, it's probably just a a rambling of letters together with no grammar. Or she got one of those 10 second voicemail messages and she didn't leave her phone number in time. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, it's got, (laughs) yeah, they've got no idea. So Georgia and Kyle want to postpone the wedding because their entire wedding party is in hospital and doesn't know what words are. Yeah. Doesn't, and Georgia has no relatives from the country that are coming and Kyle's got no mates from Except Franger. Honga. Honga. <laughs> Honga. And that's, okay, leads we'll to one of my, yeah, one of my biggest disappointments in the week is coming up and it involves Honga. Honga. But, like, it shouldn't be that easy to just postpone the wedding because, like you're saying, there should be relatives coming from the country. Yeah. There should be things happening, but no. No. Nah. And they make Sheila postpone and unpostpone everything and she does it all within an hour. Yeah, and she's quite gracious about it, let's be <laughs> honest. So she cancels it and then they're like, no, let's not. Let's have our wedding. Yeah, we're going to have it. Don't worry. And they decide to have the wedding because Chris just gets violently angry that they were going to change it on his behalf. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, I can understand Chris's point of view. I think this is like the third time this wedding's been put off. That's true. And he's like, just get married. I actually don't care about your wedding. Can you just get married? (laughs) Just do it. So I can focus on remembering what a wedding is. So Amber and Daniel, their moving out plan's going really well. Amber's already come home to mooch off of the family Wi-Fi. Yeah, she's got to download her assignments. And I feel like there's probably free internet all around that um, complex. Everywhere. She, Daniel would have the code to use the password for Lasseter's free Wi-Fi. Yeah, and let's face it, they're probably just out the front of Lasseter's. <laughs> the front. They could log in. They could go to the school and use the school Wi-Fi. To be honest, she could sit out the front of her parents' house without going in. Yeah. So something amazing happened on this episode. Mm-hmm. They The Turners have this family brunch and Alice is invited. 
mm-hmm. Bailey's little girlfriend. And she controls the whole situation. Oh, she's brilliant. But just before that, we meet Alice's grandma. Who's African-American. Yeah. And she has an accent. She she holds herself and presents herself like Marsha Hines. Yeah, it's, I actually did a double take. Oh, she was brilliant and sassy and great. And she said, I'm going to meet this boyfriend. Yep. And she, she controlled him much like Alice does. <laughs> so, yeah, Alice sit, sits at the brunch and is a lovely kid. Mm-hmm. She's making conversation with all of them. They're all rude and sitting there and giving this kid nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's bringing up all the topics of conversation. Adoption. Yeah, so who's your real dad, Paige? Bailey, don't be an idiot. Tell your girlfriend who everyone's parents are before yeah. she sits down at the table. Yeah, like if if there's if you're going to tell her half the truth, tell her the whole yeah. lot. Okay, so this this is when it becomes amazing. Alice's grandma comes into the house and she meets Lou mm-hmm. and immediately recognizes him as the author of the dirty book, the Book she's, of Secrets. She's been on the website. She's been on the website that Bailey set up two days ago, mm-hmm. and then she. Reveals that she's a really saucy grandma and yep. reveals that this erotica was a big part of her life and got her through the lonely nights and... Oh, dear. It was really... And then poor Alice and Bailey picky. are stopping themselves from vomiting all over oh, the place. She needs to move in. Yeah, she does. She needs to move into Brendan's house, let's be honest. Oh, one thing I haven't covered off because it was strange. Sonia and Toadie in the middle of the week, right, mm. have this falling out. Oh, over, about the iPad. Over baby nail watching yeah. the iPad. It was a feminist issue. Sonia's run off her feet. She's got the nursery. She's got the NA. No, nah, all something. of it. Something anonymous. And she's also like the town psychologist with no training. Yeah. But here's the thing. I just thought running a nursery would be quite a stress-free job. Yeah. I feel like that's why you run a nursery. So you can just be around plants. But all the plants are gone and Paul won't put them back. <laughs> so who knows? She's got a lot on. And her juices probably aren't working that well now after they got moved a few metres away a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah, the, the juices aren't running at capacity. Imogen's not there to help her make no, juice. She's a lawyer now. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. make juice. So Sonia's run off her feet and Toadie comes home and he, he's stressed because Naomi's run off to Hawaii and he doesn't have a legal secretary. And he notices that Sonia is putting the iPad in front of Nell to help her get some quiet time. So I just want to point out a couple of things yeah. about this situation. Firstly, I feel like there's a lot of legal secretary temp agencies where yes. you could just call and some other woman or man, sorry, I won't judge, yeah. um, would arrive. Definitely. And would know how to do the job immediately. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that could be done. Mm. You know, he's got all these clients. Gabbana and Sons are doing yeah. the merge. Yeah. So then when he sees the iPad, firstly, I feel like he got angry because he just wanted to take the iPad. Yeah, and why can't he's a lawyer? They can't afford two iPads yeah. for the family. And so she collects some other mothers together at Harold's and has a conversation about it. And I really liked it because it was such a wonderful moment. This was great. So it was Susan Kennedy and Colette Nan, aka Sheila, and and Sonia said, "What's so bad about me putting Nell in front of the iPad?" And Susan says, "I put the kids in front of the telly all the time, mm, and, and they worked out well, fine." Yeah, hmm. <laughs> Libby. But the best part was when. Sheila said, oh, yeah, I used to put a bit of whiskey in Naomi's milk. <laughs> it was fantastic. So good. And then they're all like, oh. There was about 20 seconds of silence where they just judged her. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having this meeting where they're like, we're not going to judge women. No. We're not going to judge working women. You know, we all make sacrifices. Mm. And then they're like, um, what? You put whiskey in the kids' drink? <laughs> 
We'd, we'd be judging that. I think Susan felt like she should have reported this if she'd known them at the time. Yes. And then suddenly Naomi makes, makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, well, maybe she's permanently drunk. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, and Colette Nan, whose daughter tried to steal the husband of the woman she's telling this to, by the oh, way. yeah. Like that's, yeah. Wow. Why can't we ever call her Sheila? I always call her Colette Nan. <laughs> well, because... That's my nickname for her. Call it Nan. Because she's <laughs> Kyle's Nan. That's true. So they've left Toadie at home with Nell because Sonia's cracked it going, well, you look after your daughter and yeah. storms off. She comes back and it's gone all mere male because, uh-oh, Toadie can't handle his toddler daughter. So he gave her an iPad as well. Put her in front of the iPad. Yeah. Because men can't competently parent their own children no. for two hours. Yeah. It, it was a bit, a bit ridiculous. I mean, he could have at least turned on the television. <laughs> anything Nell's a cute kid she she's always playing with blocks and stuff on the floor yeah why didn't you just give her that well maybe she's been playing with blocks so often she needs a bit of screen time to balance it out we can probably not decide this no we we, we don't (laughs) have any we don't have any authority we grew up in front of the television we're all right yeah I was probably drinking whiskey but (laughs) (laughs) anyway the the toady family decide they're going to do a digital detox Mm-hmm. which we don't get to see. I think next week we'll see the digital detox. Yeah, I'm hoping it's really tough on them. And I think now's a good time to take a moment to hear from another sponsor. Excellent. G'day, g'day, it's Toad. And Sonia. Come down to Sonia's Nursery. Our prices are bare-rooted. We've got crab apples, six-foot weeping cherries, seven-foot mop tops. Anything that sounds made up, we sell. We grow all the plants ourselves, and as a recovering drug addict, I've got loads of horticultural experience. Bring the trailer and stock up on Neighbours Be Gone Hedges to block out the couple nuding up at number 28. Get down to Sonia's Nursery, Erinsborough, and get bare-rooted before it's too late. Okay. Then we get to the most disturbing moment of the week where mm. Nate abducts Josh. Yeah, and it's pretty solemn. It is like. sinister. Yeah. And Nate, and he got, it gets really dark in the eyes. He's fuming on the inside. And he says, come on, get in the car. And Josh is like, oh, no. I, I'm... I found this all very hard to watch. Mm. I hated the fact that they're taking an Indigenous actor mm. And they're giving him the role of an inherently violent character. Yeah, yeah, it's innately in him. Innate. Innate. (laughs) Yeah. He he can't control it. And it just rubbed me up the wrong way that that this is who he is. And I know that they're not really addressing the fact that he's Indigenous. No, they haven't really talked about it. But they're addressing it in the media. They've put press releases out that they've got an Indigenous actor. Mm -hmm. But they're not dealing with the fact that, oh, he's, he's got issues with his temper and violence and that's what his main story is going to be. Yeah. This was calculated. So he's gone. They're just, Josh is just gone all and night. It, and it ends at, basically they get to like a, a wired fence. Which surely is, is at the end of the same paddock that Amber and Daniel are sleeping in. You know what? I felt like it was the nursery. <laughs> um, I wasn't quite sure. But, you know, it was a long trip because they're in a the car for a while. Yeah. yeah. And he slams him against the fence and we don't know what he's planning to do to him. No, we've no idea. And I don't know that we ever really get to see what happens. Because then they cut to the next day and Josh comes jogging home as yeah. if nothing's happened. And, and he's like, oh, it's all right. I just jogged all night. I slept on a park bench. And they accept this as a cover story. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you actually visualize Therese accepting her son sleeping on a park bench? he wanted to run more not a chance no not after he's gone around punching people yeah i would put a device in him to track him (laughs) 
All right. So yeah. other than Susan discovering he has um, post-traumatic stress syndrome, can he maybe go to a psychologist? Can we resolve this? So, yeah, he, he, he says to Susan, oh, I, I, I wanted to make him pay. And then I realized that doing that wouldn't make Chris any better. Mm. It's still pretty bad that you kidnapped a guy. Mm-hmm. And I would also feel quite uncomfortable if they made him like excessively happy for no reason. Like yeah. I feel like can we just like can he, he be a character that develops motives on his own? Or I feel like you should at least address the fact that he's he's almost being perceived in this stereotypical way. Mm. Like why are you assuming that I can't control my my temper and my rage. Mm. What is that about you that's assuming that? Yeah, that would be really great. I wonder who he could say that to. Just all of them. <laughs> so Imogen should really get on this case, actually. She def- would be really good at this. Definitely. She could analyse all of this. Mm. And then guess who's back? Malcolm Kennedy. Oh, yeah, and he just comes in. Now, Vaya, Yes. what's Malcolm Kennedy? Kennedy been up to like as an actor what's I don't remember his name well I think he does some voiceover work Mm -hmm. and I don't know yeah like I've not really seen him no that's okay he might be in things that are not directed but that's fine I feel like when you leave neighbors you can just dip in and out yeah when they call you yeah and you can live your normal life outside of that yeah yeah so he apparently lives in London P.S. Carl is Giving Susan a hard time because she hasn't done any shopping and there's no food in the house. Oh, you don't, we don't have any dinner? What is wrong with the men in this street this week where Toadie doesn't let his wife put his daughter in front of the iPad? Carl's dark on Susan for not buying dinner. Get up off your asses and help these women. Yeah, I mean, at least go down to the water hell and order a palmer. <sighs> but anyway. But then Malcolm comes in. And they're all so excited. And he's still got a key. Well, I guess why are they changing the locks? No, but why is he carrying a key to London? <laughs> Maybe he got it out from under the flower pot or something. Maybe. Well, I, well, I did think about that. Like, And I'm thinking, like, with all the comings and goings at Susan and Carl's house, maybe they should change the flower pot situation. Yeah, sure. Especially <laughs> if you've got violent attacks happening left, right and centre. Exactly. And did we ever find out who did the um, coward, you're a coward puncher graffiti on the driveway? No. I mean, that could happen at any time. Uh, let's be honest. We know it was Susan. <laughs> That's why she's not concerned about security. No. So Malcolm's wandering around and then says, oh, um, when in Rome, I knocked up my wife and we are going to have a baby and you're going to have another grandchild. Okay. So I feel like Malcolm is my age, which is 32. Or maybe he's a little older. Maybe a bit older because Billy was our age. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's probably in his late 30s, Libby's mid 30s, and then Billy's 32 or 31. So initially, I was a bit surprised that he needed his parents' help. And then I thought, well, maybe I would need my parents' help. So I shouldn't judge him. Yeah, I'd probably want my mum nearby. But if I'm the one that's knocked up, I'm probably going to go and move myself next to my mum. Yeah. Not expect her to pack up her life that she set up for herself and come and be near me. Yeah. And he says, like, we accidentally made a baby or two. I think he mentions that there could be twins. And also he says he did that while he was in Rome. So he's basically telling his parents where he conceived the baby as well. It was a little weird. (laughs) And then he's like, we want you to move there. I feel like that was the most selfish thing I've ever heard. Totally. He then starts listing all the members of the family that are in London, like Susan and Carl don't know. Mm. Like, okay, your illegitimate daughter's there and your your stepkids from the dead cancer guy are here and I'm there and it's like, so buddy, they know. In reality, Malcolm's got a lot of support there to help him with the baby. (laughs) If anything, Billy and Anne, who had twins... 
and another son should have asked Carl and Susan to move where, to Queensland. Now, where, Queensland. Queensland. Yes. Where they are. Okay. They've got three kids. It's good that they're still going strong. I know. It's yeah. really nice. I just wish, I wish Billy would come back. He was always my love. Yeah. Loved Billy. I think he's a bit busy. I know. But yeah, I just think it's preposterous that they wouldn't move interstate when they're, when Billy had three kids under three. Mm. But, but Billy and Anne could cope. Yeah. Malcolm and Catherine, apparently not so much. Yeah. Because- Ma- I mean, Catherine SMSed him as soon as he got there. Have you asked them? <laughs> I feel like she's angry. She's like... I didn't want to get knocked up. She's still trying to control all of this because last time Malcolm came to Melbourne, he put the moves on Jade. Didn't he have an affair with Jade? I don't even know. Yeah, he slept I with Jade. Like I feel like I dipped out of at, yeah. at that point, yeah. So he's cheated on this woman and no wonder she's like wants his mum around to keep an eye on him. It's true. And then they, they sort of say, well, we could come for three months. Which is, I think is a very fair suggestion. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Susan's a teacher. That's a long time of work. Yeah. She could, do, she could do it over summer holidays or... I think she was willing to take a semester off. Yeah. Yeah. Libby could come in and run the school again. <laughs> that went well. <laughs> As long as they don't have any attractive U12s, they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and Carl was, he's for it. And then they, they have this moment where they look out, of, out from their veranda and they say, 20 years in Erinsborough. Yeah. We've been here for and 20 years. And we're warming years. up for the 20-year anniversary yes. on Friday at this point, yeah. So we don't even for a moment think that they're going to leave because normally when a character leaves, we, there's press releases that go out that say, Callum's leaving Ramsey Street and we know. Yeah. And then we know it's their last episode. Or they die. Yeah. yeah. So we know that's not happening. Oh, gosh, no. That would be the worst. And I saw a lot of social media upset about this, actually. Like, I saw um, photos that neighbours had put up and it was, like, photos of Carl and Susan and I'll say, big shock news with Carl and Susan tonight or something. And people are saying, if they leave the show, I am going to stop watching. <laughs> Firstly, what else have they got going on, guys? <laughs> Alan Fletcher and Jackie Woodburn, I think they're they're set in for the long haul. Yeah, I think they're going to be there until like one of them dies of natural causes. Yes. And then the other one will move to Queensland like, or London or whatever. Like Anne Hattie, okay? They're not going anywhere. Yeah. All right, so it brings us into the home stretch of the week. So the story here is that it's Georgia and Carl's wedding tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's suddenly come upon us yeah. that it's tomorrow. And they get a room at Lassiter's. Yes, and Colette Nan is helping them get ready because none of the rellos from Birragara or Frankston have driven in to help with anything. They don't care. Nothing. No one cares. So I just want to point something out. Yes. Sheila talks about a family history of cursed weddings. <laughs> and she talks about Arnie, I'm just going to call them Arnie Joan and Uncle John, yeah. right? About how the night before their wedding, one of them died, I think, oh, or something God. terrible. And I thought, well, why did she ever become Auntie Joan? Oh, yeah. That was what I was thinking. She, she can't have been Auntie Joan if they never got married. Maybe it was there was some inbreeding. Maybe. That <laughs> seems like the only explanation. She was already Auntie Joan. Yeah. And then, so Kyle and Georgia are thinking that there's going to, like, something's going to happen to them. Here's the thing. When you're on a show where you've had such wedding disasters as an explosion mm-hmm. that killed a person at Toadie and Sonia's wedding, when you've got Toadie's first wedding where he's driven oh. his wife off a cliff... Madeline West. Someone dropping the wedding ring into the lake is paling in comparison. Yeah. And let's talk about the fact that this wedding is already cursed. Yes. They, in their first engagement party, it was revealed that the best friend, the bridesmaid, had slept with uh, the groom. Yes. Um, after that, the said bridesmaid was killed. Yep. Um, what, I mean, they're the only ones that I can pick right out of the hat. So I'm pretty sure the wedding was already cursed. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with seeing any dresses. Or yeah. Anything. So Carl's yeah. walked in on Georgia wearing her dress. And, uh-oh, it's bad luck now. Yeah. I was going to say, Kyle's 
you know an idiot for just walking in but he's not he's not the sharpest tool no we'll give him a pass for that he looked into an eclipse and blinded himself yeah and he's also like he's got problems with honger (laughs) so you know so it's cursed because he he saw the dress so then they go down to the lake and he drops the ring into Lassiter's lake and his solution is to snorkel (laughs) into the lake he had full snorkeling gear and in he goes yeah i mean let's face it we're never gonna see that ring well, except that they found it. Oh, did they find yeah, it? Yeah, they found it. I actually thought that was in my head. I don't understand. It's quite impossible that yeah. he found it. He pulls up all this other crap in the bottom of the lake, including another one of Carl's right prescription CDs. Because <laughs> that's what people do with them. They toss them in the lake. <laughs> Just piffing them in there. <laughs> Amazing. Highlight. And so they've finally got the ring back out. Yeah, then Carl is sick. And Georgia, for a moment there, she actually looks like she's, well, maybe I shouldn't marry this buffoon. Yeah. She she had real regret on her face. Yeah, she did. And so she sends him home and says, well, look, I'm over you. And so she decides because then it's revealed that Honga's not going to come to the wedding. Yeah, it's a disaster. Honga is the unseen best mate of Kyle, who's a total dropkick. Yeah. And he lives in Frankston. And which we is where ne- they're from. And we never see him. And we ha- I held out hope that maybe we would see Honga tomorrow at the wedding. What Hong has decided he and Narelle aren't going to come to the wedding because they think uh, they think Georgia doesn't like them. Yeah, which is true. It's fair enough. It's a fair call. But Georgia decides she's going to trek out to Frankston. Mm, and she's apparently a long distance she's away. She's packed a suitcase. Yeah. And she's packed clothes that are not wedding clothes. So she thinks that she's going to be there for a while. <laughs> Even though her wedding's tomorrow. Yeah. And let's like specify from wherever Ramsey Street is, it's probably an hour away. If that. If That's- that. 45 minutes. It's also like Friday night. It's not even traffic time. It's outbound. She'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. So she, There's she, probably a link too. She doesn't even need to take a suitcase. No. She can just take her wallet. Yeah. And a phone charger apparently. Uh, so she drives out to Frankston and then we end with them just a, a, a shot of the Frankston Pier. And then Georgia. And it says like 7.30 in the morning. Yes. Yeah. The day of the wedding. Yeah. And then Georgia wakes up. And she goes, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And she looks at her phone. And I just don't understand. Who would drive to Frankston and then decide, no, I'm not going to drive home. I'm going to sleep in a car park. There are too many people sleeping in their cars this week. Yeah. Can I just say? Yeah. This is not a healthy problem solution. We don't know if she's seen Honga. We don't know what the Honga story is. Yeah. I feel like she saw him. And so maybe she went down to the pub and caught up with Honga and Narelle. And they're like, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. And then, so instead of offering her a room, these lovely people say, well, you might just want to sleep on the road there. A, a young woman alone in yeah. the street in Frankston. Yeah, in, in quite a small car that would probably be easy to... I can't believe yeah. she survived the night. Yeah. Although my friend Kate on Twitter thought maybe she'd gone out to 21st Century Nightclub on a Friday night and that's where <laughs> she'd been all night. She was she was quite doled up. I felt like she was more doled up than when she left. Yeah. And then we end with the nostalgia fest that mm-hmm. was... Susan, Carl and Susan's 20 mm. years on the street. So they go around asking people's advice on whether they should move. They canvass Toady and Lou and Paul. Mm. Um, those aren't the people that I'm going to be listening to to keep me in town. Those no. are the people I'm leaving town to get away from. Toady can't keep his kid off the iPad. <laughs> Lou is blackmailing Carl to, to write what? a saucy book. Yeah. And Paul is Paul. Paul is Paul. Yeah. So I don't understand why these are the people, but whatever. These are who they go to. Because they're the veteran. They're the veteran cast. Oh, that's why. That's exactly it. Yeah. And then throughout the episode, we get clips. It was cute. It was a cute way to celebrate Carl and Susan, except for the fact that a lot of those montages were really depressing. 
Yeah. So what I did mm. is I watched the episode mm. and I thought, geez, Carl, Carl and Susan have been through a lot in Ramsey Street. They should move. They should. There are terrible memories for them on that street. Terrible. Half of the people they showed in those flashbacks are dead. Yeah. And so I thought I rewound the, rewound the episode and okay. decided to make a list of the good moments for Carl and Susan and the bad moments. Okay, great. So the good moments, I ran out of room writing them. Really? Um, so I'm going to mention a couple of them. Yep. Because I want to let you know of how simple the good moments were. Okay. Yeah. So we had moving in and opening up the medical center. Then we had getting caught being Randy on multiple occasions by multiple people. Which is just so Carl and Susan. Yeah. They're really saucy. And, you know, we talked about this a lot the other week with the blue box. Yeah. But it turns out, like, when you look at a montage like this, like, they're saucy all the time. Definitely. Yeah. And I think maybe Carl has a sex addiction. But anyway. <laughs> um, so Carl rides a bike. He's in a band. They have a rooster and a frozen chicken. Strong, precious, precious memories, these yeah. ones. Carl wears a dress. Carl in drag. That was one of my favorites. Toady was ugly. Yeah, Toady had a mullet. Yeah, yeah. Toady gets married and has a child. Yeah. Then we get Libby gets married. That com- came after Toady, by mm. the way. Yeah. Um, Zeke and Rachel. Yeah. And they were really cute. They, I, I they always had. loved Zeke and Rachel. Yeah, they're lovely. They had a dog that I think was sick and maybe Audrey. died. Audrey. Audrey. Yeah. Um, there was a baby lamb, which was adorable. Yep. There was Mel leaves, which I didn't. I didn't know if that was. Did happy you think or that was sad. a highlight? I felt like that was a happy moment. Anyway, um, and then other people leave. We laugh with Billy and children right on a wall. Yes, which again, my friend on Twitter pointed out that that wall was not always there. Yeah, I was going to say that too because those kind of box um, things that that wasn't there. That was just a plain wall. But the bad moments, while there wasn't as many, let's face how difficult Carl and Susan's time has been. They were harrowing. They were. We had fake son, which is now Toadie, we've remembered. <laughs> um, wife has died. Yes. We had Ringo dying. We had Lynn crying a lot. And we had Libby's husband dying. Yep. And there was a tree for that. Yep. Affair number one. Brutal, brutal moments. Yeah. I think, like, I, I watched Neighbours most of my life. I, I remember that affair as being the most shocking storyline yeah. I ever dealt with as a younger person. Yeah. Um, he didn't even sleep with Sarah, did he? I don't that, think but, so. Oh, man, that tore Susan up. But don't worry, because affair number two Ooh. then came out. And, and Carl got weird after that. Like, he cut his hair shorter, and that was when he started wearing the leather coats, I think. Actually, seeing the many hairstyles of Susan was quite a thrill. It was. <laughs> it was. And then Libby went to hospital, and I can't remember what that was about. I think it was that bike accident. And she couldn't have children after that or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was pretty bad. And Susan had her head injury, and she couldn't remember things and ran around in her pajamas. Yes. And then she got the CAT scan with the MS. MS, that was yeah. horrible. And, and then we ended with uh, reminiscent of Libby's husband dying. And, but also that moment of Carl saying, I don't love you anymore. Yeah, that was terrible. I grouped that into affair number one and two. <sighs> but... The second affair with Izzy, sorry, affair, I've written it down. Affair, hashtag two, resulting in baby. Yes, love child, illegitimate love child. And it made me think, why the hell is Susan taking this guy back? Yeah. He's cheated on you twice. But he keeps proposing. Carried another woman's child. And, <laughs> and then <laughs> fathered, an, fathered another if woman's Izzy child. If Izzy could have had it that way, yeah. she would have. Fathered another woman's child. 
And we don't even get to see old man Kinski in any of the flashbacks. I never thought that was a pretty happy time for Susan. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw the kids, but that no. was it. And that would, have, that would have been a pretty sad memory for Carl. Yeah. That she hooked up with this other guy. Yeah, and then he just waited in the wings for him to die mm. and then popped straight back in. So if I were to watch all of that as, as a pro-con list for whether or not they should move, I just think there are horrible memories here. Get your asses to London. Just be clear. Happy memory, Carl rides back. Yeah. Sad memory, son-in-law dies. Like there's a <laughs> there's a large weight difference there. But anyway, so they decide that the memories are too happy and they will stay. And it means too much to them. And Malcolm's like, "Oh well, I tried." I, I'm really troubled by Malcolm because why can't they just raise their child or come here? Yeah. I guess what's going to happen is at the end of, or when we come back in 2015, mm. Susan and Carl will have come off the plane. Oh. They'll come out of the taxi going, oh, what a great Christmas we had in, in the UK with the new baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they'll talk about the illegitimate child. Yeah. and Which Susan's really good about, I've got to be honest. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> She's, Susan is too forgiving, too understanding for the shit that she has to put up with with Carl. I know, but that's why I think Carl has a sex addiction. Mm -hmm. But also, when we talk about Susan's um, hairstyle, I want to point out that when they moved to Ramsey Street, they were younger, and we saw them as parents then. But flashback-wise, they were pretty hot. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And Carl with his luscious black locks. And always taking his clothes off. Susan with her big fringe and her long hair. And my favourite moment, when they get caught at the pool. Yes. And he's holding that ball in front of him Carl is he says sorry Harold and then and then Harold goes oh Carl not again speaking of Harold they looked through Harold's history of Ramsey Street Ramsey Street a history is that a scrapbook that lives in the street and if anyone has any feelings about leaving the street troll the book out and and learn about what this street's done for you in a bad and good way look at all of your terrible memories and Mm. go yeah let's just give it another 10 years Oh, gosh, maybe Carl can have another affair. I don't think he can, though. I really don't. If anything, Susan, it's it's all Susan now. She needs to live her life, make herself happy. If Carl happy. has another affair, I'm going to be like those kids on Facebook that were like, if Carl has another affair, <laughs> I'm not watching the show anymore. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate those kids on Facebook's patronage of, oh, yeah, totally. of this podcast. I, 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 they live within my soul. <laughs> I wanted to post it. I just didn't have the guts to. So that's it. We have the wedding next week. Mm. It's, it's always a big week when we have a wedding, so yeah. it'll be a big week. Hopefully someone will go off a cliff and spice it up. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, we've got to actually do some cleaning up of the PirateNet Studios yeah. because um, it's a pigsty in here. I've so. got the um, locksmith coming as well. Oh, great. great. Mm. Well, thank you very much for listening to Neighbours. You can follow us at Neighbours Pod on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Just look up Neighbours and we'll be there. And hashtag Neighbours when you're tweeting Neighbours so we can enjoy enjoy your words. Thank you very much, Faye. Thanks, CJ. Bye. Bye.